0: Welcome to the Remarkable Entrepreneur podcast. I'm Deidre Shen, founder and CEO of Capshow, software that helps entrepreneurs turn their stories into content that converts. Now, we believe that every entrepreneur who has had to overcome their own internal struggles is remarkable. And it is this exact remarkability that needs to be shared so that they can positively impact the world. So, stick around to the end of the show. We will reveal how you can be our next guest in 20 or 25 minutes. So, let's go. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Remarkable Entrepreneur podcast. I am so, so excited to be talking to my next guest, Dr. Axel Maihofer from Ideal Wealth Grower. Welcome to the podcast, Axel.
1: Yeah. Hi, Deidre. Nice to be here.
0: Awesome. All right. So I am, let's just start pretty basic. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do and how you got
1: there? Okay, yeah, what we do now is basically helping people who discover that investing in real estate might be a good thing for them. And they also have the urge to get a lot of people call it like financial independence, I use the term time freedom point or get to time freedom. And I define that as some point in the future on the calendar where you would say, I don't really need to exchange time for money anymore. Because I have enough passive income from my investments coming in. So I have the freedom to use my time every which way I want, which can include the job that you're doing or part of it or part time of it or stuff. But having that freedom, getting to that point, that's really what I'm uh, trying to help people with. And in our mentoring programs, I have found it's really a matter of everybody is a little different, has a little bit of a different starting point, has a little bit of a different Uh, history, how they got to where they are to get on that, what we call ideal investor journey. And then from there, we basically work together to help them. And I have, for anything that we do, or that I recommend, suggest, or connect people to, it's most 99% that I have done it myself before sometime in the last 20 years.
0: Mm, I mean, that's the dream, right? The dream is to have choice choice in terms of what we do with our time with our money um be able to go wherever we want right Um, that is is definitely the dream so tell us a little bit about how you got started um and maybe why don't we go all the way back how long have you been in entrepreneurship and what was your first foray into entrepreneurship
1: yeah so I got into entrepreneurship and that's maybe a quick little interesting story um because of a mutiny (laughs) that sounds weird I know why so I was a uh, cool. <laughs> and, yeah, I came over to the United States uh, as an Air Force F- uh, officer and aviator in, uh, in, in uh, jet flying and worked uh, with the US Air Force and the German Air Force. And coming out of that, I was recruited by a software company that wanted to have somebody like me in their customer service and training team. I mean, I had done training and teaching other people how to fly for many, many, many years. So that kind of made sense. And there were five other people in what it was a small company, but like sixty-five people. But we had six people who were basically considered the executives who had the different divisions or departments, whatever you like to call it, mm. to guide the company. And then the owner, manager, president, king, yeah. whatever. You, you know, so,
0: because I I that's a that's quite a shift, like going from. Wow flying i mean that sounds you know we all know top gun and like you know and you know, all of that and we see and then you've gone into basically a desk job
1: right that. exactly and and the funny part about that is actually that the common decision that is made or has to be made when you're actually getting to the end of your flying Uh, career is mainly because your body can't take the stress of the military flying anymore and the choice is always described by aviators as flying a plane or flying a desk and I said no I don't want to fly a desk I retire from the air force right and here I am right (laughs) next month as you said kind of flying a desk but there was a connection there because that software company actually made software to support complex scheduling So flight, uh, anything with flight, especially training is very complex because anything that involves weather is very complex. But they also made software, for example, for ambulance services, where you had to have a certain kind of crew on the ambulance to make sure that whatever happens, an accident or stuff, the right qualified people would be there. So there was a connection in that sense. But the mutiny stuff was basically, I got there. And then after about two years, two and a half years, it became obvious that the company was very, very narrow in these two areas and they were only being able to do this and pay everybody based on government grants. Mm. And so the six people, myself included, looked at this and said, hey, Mr. King, president, owner of the company, we believe we need to do something to expand it and be able to stand our on our own feet if this government funding would ever go away, which it would ultimately. Mm. And he said, yeah, okay. I think that is a good idea. We should think about it. Why don't you guys take a day or two and come up with a plan on how to actually change things so that we can get to a better, brighter future. And we said, well, you, you don't want to come. And he said, no, 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 you do your thing and then come back and make a presentation. And I bring all the investors in and then we can look at that. So we went, we literally came up with like, obviously what we called an awesome plan. (laughs) And um, at the, afternoon of the second day, we did the presentation and he had actually brought in online, even though that was many years ago, pretty fancy, uh, not video, but audio uh, yeah. online. And then he was there and we did the presentation. And so we he said, Oh, thank you so much. And good. And we will take this under consideration and get back to you. And so we were all really excited. And what turns out to be like the next morning, so that was only less than 24 hours later, he sent out an email to us as the as the executives in the company and said, um, the investor team and myself took your presentation and the content into consideration and came to the conclusion that we're going to continue as before. Wow. And, and it was basically right, like we worked two days on this. We were very convinced and motivated that this would at least to some extent have to be implemented to have a safe future for the company. And it basically... I know, I mean, we're doing this as a podcast, but if I could, basically, I would say they showed us the finger, you know. <laughs> so in a way, we basically, and that's why I call it a mutiny, because we were pretty clear the the real owners and, and people with the money invested in the company didn't really want to make a change. And we were saying, if you don't change, you go under. Mm. And that's why I call it a mutiny, because there was within about three months, we all left because I mean, how can you work in a company where you don't believe in the direction that it's going? But for me, to answer your very first question, that meant, okay, here I am, basically three years retired from the Air Force. I tried this kind of corporate thing, didn't really work out the way I wanted to. What do I do next? And then I started my my business in 2005. And the thing about that was, in the run up to starting the business, my experience was okay, I had never really thought about retirement in the Air Force. Mm -hmm. And when I looked at retirement, I saw that this company didn't really have a 401k plan or something like that. But they had uh, encouraged people to invest and most of them had invested in the stock market and then the dot com bubble burst and most people lost everything. So I'm trying to be smarter than that. I said, okay, I need to do something different. And so even though my main focus was running and developing this consulting business, that's when I started to say, what can I do so I can, and I didn't call it the time freedom point at the time, but, you know, if I had known that that would be a good term, (laughs) how do I get to my own time freedom point? And that led me to find out what do other people do? And one of the things your audience might be kind of chuckling about when I started looking, okay, how do I find out about that? Mm. I thought, okay, who do I know who I would consider successful making tons of money and wonder what they do with their money? And what I found, uh, get ready, I found The Terminator, Mr. Schwarzenegger himself. Wow. But not only because I, at the time, he was very famous, one successful movie after the next, but what was interesting is I learned by researching that he was and still is one of the largest residential real estate owners in California. Wow. Okay. So he obviously got tons and tons of money from these movies. And when he looked at it and said, okay, what do I do? He invested it in real estate. I thought, okay, that wasn't my first thought that I would have expected Arnold to do. And I started digging further and found out a lot of the really successful people do that. And so that really triggered me to say, well, I'm not anywhere in there sphere of the universe but if i ever have significant amounts of money i want to do that too and started learning about it and here we are kind of like 20 years later and it wasn't always it, idea wealth grower doesn't exist for 20 years but it became more and more like passionate about it and ultimately friends and and family said you know you you know so much you talk so passionately about it." why don't you make it official? <laughs> and then I said, okay, yeah, cool. And yeah, and that's how we ended up where we are now.
0: Yeah, so that got you started. So when did you officially you start in 2005, your first mm-hmm. business, and it was around this idea of helping others create freedom through investing in real estate? Was that your first business? No, the
1: first business was basically a consulting business um, helping because you have to keep in mind, and I don't know if if Nadine, my little elf in the background, sent that to you, but um, my studies um, from an academic perspective were around organizational development and leadership. And if you now keep the little history I told you in mind, So I went just through an episode, literally in the practical world, experiencing how shitty leadership can basically destroy a business. Mm. So I had studied it while I was working as an employee at the the business. I got my master's and I got a PhD. And so it was like, okay, I'm learning the theory. I'm seeing this actually happening in real life. And so I founded the company, the consulting company to say, I want to help people based on my experience, both academically and practically to do better. And and that's what I did. And it first started out in mainly defense uh, companies. Uh, And I have a little uh, short story, I believe I still keep telling people that um, I got one contract to help come up with a strategy for Merck pharmaceuticals about a certain approach in their marketing. And that meant coming up with a strategy, I presented it, they liked it, I thought I was done. And then they called me a few weeks later and said, you know, we really like this. We want to implement this, but we have nobody better than the one who actually created it to train our people. Would you do this? Mm -hmm. And to me, it was, oh, how cool is this? I don't just have to consult. I can actually train, which I knew I was good at.
0: Yeah.
1: And I said, yeah, absolutely. How does that work? And they said, well, we have 750 people domestically and 300 internationally. We thought you could come here to Pennsylvania twice a month. And I'm like, oh, but it paid really well. So I went to (laughs) Pennsylvania twice a month. And my story is I stayed in the same hotel. And at some point at night, somebody came with invisible tattoo ink and inked on my forehead, pharmaceutical industry. Because ever since, all my consulting has been in the pharmaceutical industry. So I'm the weirdest bird, right? Like that actually bird Pun intended who flew, <laughs> who flew for the Air Force then did software for aviation and and, and stuff uh, basically for military and aviation applications and then suddenly and ever since have done consulting mainly in the life science and pharmaceutical industry but you know when people see me they must be able to read that invisible yeah. and say hey life science guy let's hire him right
0: yeah. <laughs> Wow okay so how long were you doing that business for?
1: Well, it's, in, from, it's actually still in existence, oh, okay. which I'm very proud of. You know, not many companies make it through like, what do we have 16 years now?
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I'm sure your, your audience knows the statistics, right? Like about 80% fail in the first five years and of the remaining 20%, another 80% fail in the next five years. So when we made it through year 10 complete, so, yes, we find it. Is. <laughs> you're
0: <laughs> so, not just a statistic
1: yeah. or but you're so, on the positive side. Of, yeah, out of this idea of growers basically as kind of like making it official sell about three years ago. But the <laughs> real estate investing, that's what I've been doing since 2005 because for me that was after a little bit of research and then digging deeper and deeper. That was what I decided, okay, if I can build a portfolio of real estate investments, purely in, intention was originally just for myself, then there will come a point where I'm not dependent on my consulting business anymore, which I, even though I call it a business in reality, and this might be really interesting as a consideration for your audience as of entrepreneurs to say, is it a business or is it a practice? Mm. Right. Because ultimately, if I really, when I really had to answer that question and it's actually from an Aussie uh, who got that to me for, from the thought leadership Academy, Um, um, what's his name, Church, I forgot the first name, Um, somebody with the last name Church, you can look it up, Australian name Church, and then you find him. But uh, he basically brought this up. And the differentiation is basically if it's a business, you can ultimately pull yourself out and get systems and operations running so that you can take on like a chairman role or you can uh, take on the owner role without necessarily being in daily operations. But if it's a practice, I always use the example, if you're a doctor, dentist, something like that, and the doctor isn't in the house, people are less likely to wanna to get treated, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's hard yes, somebody else can take it over, but in my practice where I'm very specialized in consulting for pharmaceuticals, I've tried. Literally, I've tried to Make the point that I'm wrong and it's not really a practice, but the clients actually say we want you and your years and decades of experience and your special way of going about things. You telling us you have somebody who supposedly is just as good as you, but as long as you're around, we want you. And so I I ultimately decided this thing is probably not sellable. The exit strategy thing is not really that easy as it might be for a widget or gadget or something that you build as a sure. company. And so that meant for me, then how do I kind of live without the business? And that's where the realistic came from. So it's the one is basically serving the other. The idea of wealth grower is just the expansion to say, you know what, Deidre, if, if you like to learn a little bit how you could get to your time freedom point or anybody out there, then I'm happy to do that while I'm winding down the consulting more and more. Mm.
0: So I do want to talk about, I mean, obviously you've had a couple of decades now in entrepreneurship and you know, it's it's really fascinating because when I talk to men, um, it's very much like, oh yeah, check out you know the success that I've had, and it's you know, but and as, as opposed to sometimes talking to some women who are like, oh, like it's been a struggle, and it's been, and I'm sure that it's not just a male female thing, as in in terms of struggles and. You know, all of the internal mindset issues and things that we have to go through to grow a business would happen for men as well. So I'd I'd love for you to talk talk to us about and share some of those maybe internal mindset struggles that you've had to deal with as you've been growing your business, especially maybe even from the very beginning or anything that you might be struggling with even right now.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I would say there are two areas that I would point to and I agree with you. It's not really I don't think a gender thing. Mm. It has to do mindset is a really important term. And for Idea Wealth Grower, I actually wrote a mindset manual that people can download for free if they go ideawealthgrower.com forward slash free and then just download it. And, and I did that because I found out both for myself, but also for a lot of people I'm working with that there's a, a continuum or a spectrum, if you want to call it, between people who are basically seeing their se- themselves from a mindset perspective as victims. And then the other end of the spectrum is creator, and pretty much anything in between. So that's one thing. So I think mindset is very important. But for the two things I was pointing towards, the one Really important one, and I don't think I've ever really fully overcome it, is imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. And and, I mean, you pointed it out yourself, right? I mean, you said it out loud and I said it millions of times in my self-talk is, okay, I'm this Air Force guy. I was really good as an aviator. I was really good at teaching other people how to fly. Who the heck am I to tell a pharmaceutical company how to better make their drug product or, or their pills or... Um, what they're doing wrong in their development process and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And I'm really, really grateful and blessed that I have a wife who constantly keeps reminding me, look at the results. Why would anybody ever come back to you and ask you to do more or throw more money at you to help them further? If what you're telling yourself every once in a while were true, it's one thing you know, from a purely logical as a German person, you can probably relate in a way for me, Germans are known to be very logical and matter of fact and stuff. So the purely logical left brain side, I get that. Mm. But the emotional right brain side, which exists and is there, that's kind of in a little bit in a comparison, like the angel and the devil on the shoulder, right? Constantly reminding me who are you, right? So that imposter syndrome it was really bad in the beginning. I guess people could probably relate to that. And it has gotten a little less. The, the really stark thing for me is I'm extremely surprised when I'm, you know, reflecting how different it is for idea wealth grower in the real estate place versus my consulting business. Because in the real estate, I really live through every step from the first house, multiple houses, different ways, short-term, long term. I really feel like I'm a thought leader. I'm you know, I don't want to brag, but I believe I'm an expert in that niche that I'm occupying. Mm. And still, after 20 years of doing this pharmaceutical stuff, I'm still, you know, sometimes on the right brain thinking, are they ever going to find me out or am I going to close <laughs> down before they do, right? So that imposter syndrome um, is, is, I think, a really, and it can be de- delimitating, you know, in a, in a sense. The other one, and that maybe also relatable for people. And, and this is something that has always bugged me. And maybe it's because I came as the first life, as I call it, to the Air Force, there was never a need to sell anything. Mm, right? yeah. So for me, I, I have often over and over said and more felt I think you're going a little bit after the emotional component, I felt horrible, because I told myself, and still in, on the consulting side, sometimes tell myself, if I don't have enough clients, I have to go out there and beg people to give me work. Mm. And I hate to be a beggar, right? And that's another part that is so beautiful about the the idea of wealth goer, the real estate side is people seeking me out and say, can you please help me? Yeah. which is so nice to say, I love to help you. And, and you know, I'm trying to make room and time for you to help you rather than, hey, is there anybody out there who would like something that I can offer? Right. And so those two things and being OK with it and being able to say, yes, they are there. Mm-hmm. But I can either prove those issues wrong or I can basically find a balance between yes the right brain keeps bringing this up but the left brain is also saying don't forget to look at the history at this su- successes and the things that actually have happened that should be proof that it's nowhere nearly as what you might actually believe it could be
0: yeah totally well thank you for sharing that um because you know i can tell you that i think we all struggle through those things right we all struggle through imposter syndrome we all struggle through, um, you know, a lot of us have come from, you know, corporate backgrounds or things where we didn't have to sell. And sometimes I look at, you know, those natural salespeople and I'm envious of them because it's just, it's just so easy for them and almost to the point where they have no shame. And I'm like, I wish that I could be like that, but I think we all have to be on our own journey um, around that. So thank you for sharing yours. Now, I do want to quickly ask you, what's next for you? What, um, what are you looking to Look to invest in for growth from a marketing perspective to grow um, your your new coaching and consulting business.
1: Well, the thing about it is, for one, I I've always really felt this strong conviction, this strong drive to be of service. I mean, we're talking about we want to help people, but be of service, I believe, has a little bit of a different connotation in the sense of when I first started. Partially because of the amount of money that was available, it meant find a reasonably priced property, oftentimes an existing property um, that you can buy and then have property management rent out. And it makes more money than the cost. So you have cash flow and get as many of those as possible. That was the simple approach. And as I have grown further and further into this, I found out okay that can also work with a brand new property that needs to be built, that can also work with a short-term rental property that went through the same process of being found, being renovated, being sold to me or any one of our clients, and then rented out short-term. But it also, interestingly, can be done short-term with a new build property. And now the next thing that I'm working on is looking at things where the person who says I want to get to my time freedom point starts including to say, when I'm getting closer, or as part of my portfolio, if I'm a person who likes to travel around seek out interesting places, or just relax in the sun, then can I integrate my investments and that desire to be in cool locations and what I found this is the latest thing to answer your question in some way is I'm now for myself, and then I'm also always as a second step offer it to my mentoring clients is to invest in eco-friendly tiny houses in the Caribbean. Everything turnkey, fully managed, but I can go there twice a year for two weeks and just hang out. Right. And so I'm trying to stay within the frame where I would say I really know the ins and outs. hmm But I want to also really occupy this frame with all the kinds of different things. And I'm discovering more and more things. So that's one thing, the international component that has been added and I'm still developing. And then the other part of uh, kind of the same coin of the international coin is I learned in basically last year, started already in 2020, but more last year, that there are places that I wasn't that much aware of, like certain parts in Canada that had just seen absolutely astronomical price inflation, Mm. which means there are people who have bought a house for $300,000 somewhere in the Toronto area, for example. And in just three years, this thing is almost worth a million now. Now, the point is, if you want to stay in that area, it doesn't make any difference to say, I sell this $1 million house just to buy the next $1 million house. You have no benefit. But how can you access that equity that has grown on on the house like fruit on the tree How can you use that, stay in the place that you like and that that you're in and use that money to invest and exactly in the same way in the different options that I just read it down um, that people in the US do. So the one international component, find nice places that you would like to go to, fully turnkey managed residential properties and add those to your portfolio as long as they provide cash flow or passive income. And then the other uh, offering that we're adding now and developing is, how can we help people who are not citizens or residents in the United States, but still benefit from well-performing investments here? Because um, it is not really a secret that a lot of the rules and stuff like that really benefit real estate investors in the U.S. It's just a fact. And I I could argue around it, but that's just the way it is. So if somebody sits in Toronto and I can say, well, let me help you to take your equity and activate it and make it passive income, while you're still in your nice house, and you know, it's worth all of that money. But that money that is not just sitting there idle, we make it activate, we use it to actually make more money for you. And so we have somebody from the UK, from Germany, and a couple of Canadians right now, maybe I can get some Aussies at some point. You know? yeah, maybe. So, so <laughs> awesome. that's kind of like those two international components are Um, added within the frame the frame has not really changed but we have basically if you imagine in your in a mind or for any listener imagine a puzzle where we had maybe half in hindsight I would say half or maybe 60 percent of the pieces and now we're finding more pieces that belong to the same picture to add
0: awesome that is so super helpful thank you for sharing that with us so if anyone is interested in seeing what you have to offer where's the best place for them to go
1: well, we have mentioned it a few times idealwealthgrower.com, right? Mm-hmm. The mindset manual, same thing, idealwealthgrower.com forward slash uh, free. Or if you just go on Google and put in idealwealthgrower, you find Instagram, you find Facebook, LinkedIn, I mean, all the social media, YouTube channel, and so forth. So we are trying to be out there, even on Medium. We have a little publication where we post weekly articles. Um, so the thing that's where you can find us, but what I really love for anybody who gets inspired or is interested from our conversation today, I would just say, go to ideawealthcore.com and pretty much the first thing that pops up is a free strategy call or consultation call or whatever we call it right now. Just do that to get to know each other. And I always say there are many, many, many different picture frames in the room. Mm. I occupy one and I can help you to really become well-versed in that one so let's just talk and see if that one that I occupy fits you if yes cool then we do something together and if not then we just got to know a couple of new interesting people
0: awesome that sounds great all right you guys well you heard that and we'll leave that in the show notes as well Uh, if you love this episode please leave a review um, a rating and Subscribe to this podcast Share with all your friends. Thank you so much, Axel, for joining us. And for all of our listeners, we'll see you on the next one. Bye. Yeah. Deidre Shen here. Thank you so much for listening to The Remarkable Entrepreneur Podcast. Now, if you are a successful online entrepreneur who would like to be on this program, then please visit go.theremarkableentrepreneurpodcast.com flash podcast dash guest if you got something out of this interview would you please share this episode on social media just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials and tag me i'm at deidre shen and if you know someone that would be a great guest tag them on social media as well and let them know about the show i love seeing your posts and guest suggestions now we are regularly putting out new episodes and content to make sure that you don't miss any episodes go ahead and subscribe your thumbs up ratings reviews go a long long way to help promote the show and it means a lot to me and my team and if you want to know more go to our website deidre Shen.com. follow me on linkedin on facebook my facebook group is actually called the remarkable entrepreneur uh, follow me on instagram at deidre shen thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next time